In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, today we are about to witness the baptism of Riley Ariel Rios. And today we're going to witness the compassion that Christ has on sinners. How he takes what was once dead and gives it life. And how he takes what had nothing and gives it everything. We're going to see Jesus undo everything death could do. And we're going to see in faith what the widow in today's gospel lesson saw with her eyes. So in the town of Nain, there was a widow who faced an enemy to whom she had already been forced to submit to before, death. And this poor widow was completely and utterly powerless before death. And death, who took her husband once before, is now back again to take her son, uninvited. So she had no one left to hold her and no one to hold And the second her son took his last breath, that's when her livelihood and her hope and her joy in this world came crashing to an end. To put it in a way that moved the heart, her only little boy was dead. And all she had left to look forward to was her own impending doom, her own inevitable death. And so maybe, yes, this poor widow saw Jesus in the distance approaching her, but she didn't cry out to him because it made no difference to her. For her, it was too late in her mind. Death did its deed. The boy was already in the casket on his way to be buried with his father. And so what good is it to ask for help now? And what can medicine or surgery or prayer do at this moment? Death came too soon and when she wasn't ready for it, when she least expected it. Death took her husband, took her son, and soon it was going to take her. The truth is this. As Christians, we find ourselves outside that gate of name. That no matter how much time has passed between now and then, we find ourselves in the same world as this poor little widow. A world where the grave still takes spouses and children. A world where the tomb devours everything that we love. A world where death shows up uninvited. 2,000 years later, and death hasn't moved an inch. For millennia, generation upon generation has died and turned to dust. Death has come into this world to claim the children of Adam because of their sin. And death has a rightful claim over us as he forcefully collects everything that we owe. All around us, death crashes into life and swallows up everything we see. That's why there's a hospital and graveyard everywhere you turn. Every corner of this world is met with war and bloodshed. Sickness and disease still drag us six feet in the ground. We find that death takes all people regardless of color, language, age, or creed. The poor and the needy die and turn to dust, while kings and the wealthy face the same exact end. Neither the healthy nor the sick can avoid death. Death seeks out the elderly, setting a limit to their days, while also taking children and infants through miscarriage and stillborns and tragedy. Death hasn't gone anywhere. It's still our fault. And so whether you've experienced this before or not, the truth is one day you will. If you haven't already, one day you'll experience the pain of death, the death of a loved one, and one day you'll experience the pain of your own death. In fact, you're slowly experiencing this pain now, even as we speak. That glasses and hearing aids are a testament to the fact that your eyes and your ears are dying. They don't work like they used to. 
Canes and wheelchairs and walkers remind us that we live with a foot already in the grave. Forgetfulness and sluggishness and pain and illness and disease remind us that this life and everything in it is going to come to an end, to a screeching halt and finish. We live in a world where one day death will show up without our asking or our bidding, without our seeking. And when this day comes, death will do what it did to that helpless little boy. Death will pierce its fangs into our chest as well, taking the final breath from our lungs, stopping the blood from our beating heart, and leaving us lifeless in the grave. So I'm fully aware that none of you came here today to hear a sermon like this. I'm not that naive. I'm aware that none of you woke up today expecting to hear a homily on death and dying, and yet without your asking, without your prompting, without your wanting, or without your decision, the gospel text for this day and the sermon crashes our Sunday morning with the stark reality that death is still around. That it, it's not, we're not safe here in the church. It can find us here as well, it can find us everywhere. In fact, this is a lot like death itself. If a sermon on death at a baptism caught you unaware today, then I've done my job. Because now you know how death works. It comes when you're unaware, unready, and unprepared. And just as death showed up uninvited to this poor widow's uh, son's funeral, so did Jesus. Jesus didn't simply crash the funeral. He crashed the boy's death. At the gate of Nain, life and death meet face to face. As, as the dead man is exiting that gate, Jesus is entering that gate. As the funeral procession approaches, Jesus doesn't watch from a distance or turn his face or go the other way. Rather, he has compassion on that widow who lost everything. As Christ saw the pallbearers carry the lifeless corpse of the widow's only son, Jesus was moved to do something. And he tells her, it's more graphic in the Greek, doesn't say don't cry. He says, stop weeping. Because he was about to put life back into the body of her only son. He was about to put breath back into his lungs again, blood back into his veins and words back into his mouth. And as life and death contended, Jesus undid what death would, had done with a touch of his hand and a word from his mouth saying, young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him back to his mother without their asking. The middle of that funeral, Jesus gives this only son life. He didn't tell this widow how sorry he was for her loss. He took away her sorrow. It's not some cheap trick or a simple miracle. Jesus gives this boy life only by letting his own go. So learn this well. Jesus gives this little boy life only by trading places with him. Only by taking his place in that casket. Just as the only son of that widow who was dead now lives, soon the only son of God who is life was about to face death on a cross. And Jesus took away that widow's grief through his own grief. He became more acquainted with sorrow than that widow knew of it herself. And by putting his hand on that casket, He's showing where soon he was going to be. In order to put breath back in that boy's lungs, 
Jesus would have to give up all the air in his. In order to make that boy's heart start beating again, Jesus would have to make his own bleed its final drop. In order to make that boy stand up again in life, Jesus would have to lay his life down in death. At that funeral, Jesus took the fangs of death from that boy's chest, let them sink into his own flesh. He claimed this boy's sin as his own as he hits the ground dead. And what he has done for that widow's only son, he's done for us all. It's true that death rules over us. But dear saints, Christ rules over death. And if God is for us, who can be against us? Christ redeems the children of Adam by bearing their sin. By bearing their sin, he pays their debts with his life. He submits himself to the thorns that were supposed to be on our brows. He, he, he submits himself to the cross that we were supposed to be crucified on, to the death and condemnation that we were supposed to endure. And in giving himself to be swallowed up in death, he swallows up death. In death, he conquers death. And just as Jesus crashed this young man's funeral, he did the same thing at his own funeral. While there was only supposed to be death and sadness in his tomb, and it was only eternal life. When everyone who went to his grave expecting to see his rotting corpse, they found only the God who is living among the dead. Christ, who laid himself down in that casket of dead death, stood up again three days later, leaving every sin still buried in that tomb. As Jesus joined himself to that young man in death, he made that young man join him in life, and life everlasting. So you should learn from this, that just as Jesus showed up uninvited, crashing the boy's funeral and his own, he's promised to do the same for you today. Jesus isn't content standing idly by while he watches death wreak havoc on those we love. So today he's come to send death back down into the pit of hell where it belongs with a word from his lips, a word of forgiveness, a word of life, a word of salvation. And today you're going to see Jesus reign on death's parade as he rains the water of holy baptism onto the flesh of little Riley Rios. Today you saw and you're going to see Jesus prevent death from what it came to do. You're going to see Jesus spoil sin's plan. You're going to see him destroy the plan of the devil. As she will be carried up here today with a lifeless spirit dead in her sins and the casket of her own body, Jesus is going to put his hand on her and speak a word and give her eternal life. Though she is dead in her trespasses and sins, as Ephesians 2 says, God, who is rich in his mercy because of the great love with which he loved her, is about to make her alive together with him by grace through faith alone. While Riley is helpless and has nothing to offer God, even in this moment, Christ has come, he has left his throne today to come and give her more than she could ever ask for or imagine. Today you're going to see Jesus switch places with her. And today you're going to see Jesus promise to crash little Riley's funeral with life. So dear saints, dear Riley and all those who have been baptized, those who put their hope in Christ, those who believe in him, because of Christ you will never feel the sting of death. You will never drink from the cup of God's wrath. 
because he has baptized you, because he has forgiven you, because he fed you with his precious body and blood, he has promised to crash your funeral as well. He has promised to show up uninvited to your death to call you out of the grave with his word. And he will give you life. Life that can never be taken away. He will bring you to be with him. To be with him in the resurrection where death is not invited. A place where death cannot find you or enter in. And he will bring you and all your loved ones who put their trust in him to decide to live forevermore. So take these words to heart and impress them on your mind and teach them to your children day in and day out. Teach Riley today that Christ is showing up to her baptism and giving her eternal life. Teach her that this means one day Christ will show up to her grave also and raise her from the dead. Pray that God will keep her in this true faith until her final day, that he keeps her faithful until the end. Through his word. When you are weak in faith, remember how Christ this day seized death by the jaws and won you back. Rejoice that you have such a God, a God who speaks and it's done. When you're weighed down by grief and sorrow in this life, when you fear the inevitable curse of death that we're all doomed to face, in faith run back to that gate of name, run back to the cross, and find Christ who turns your tears of sorrow into tears of joy who turns funerals into celebrations, who turns death into life. Amen. Hear the words of this hymn. No son of man could conquer death. Such mischief sin had wrought us. For innocence dwelt not on earth, and therefore death had brought us. Into thraldom from of old, and ever grew more strong and bold, and kept us in his bondage. But Jesus Christ, God's only Son, to our low state descended, the cause of death he has undone, his power forever ended, ruined all his right and claim and left him nothing but the name. His sting is lost forever. Alleluia. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.